Hello and welcome to the Essendon People Podcast, an unofficial Essendon Football Club supporter podcast. Hosted by Brendan and Mark, Essendon People is a podcast for those who live and breathe Aussie rules and the Mighty Bombers. From the casual fan to the hardcore supporter, if you have the red and black in your heart, then Essendon People is the podcast for you. Thank you for joining us. Let's Let's start start the pod. pod. Welcome to episode 57 of the Essendon People podcast, a special mid-season draft review episode. So, Brendan, the draft's just finished uh, all but 10 minutes ago, and I guess we're just going to recap. We took two players this year, um, which is the first time we've taken two in a mid-season draft. We've, last year, we passed on our second pick. Um, so, if you want to just take us through, we had pick three. Who did we pick up? Yeah, so we picked up uh, a young fella called Massimo D'Ambrosio. He's a small defender slash wingman. Uh, he's from the Western Jets uh, in the NAB League, played some footy for Richmond's VFL side. Uh, he's 19, 178 centimetres, 80 kilos. I guess the, the, the player comparison that we've kind of seen is maybe kind of your Caleb Daniel or Jaden Short, um, real kind of attacking halfback flankers with uh, really good foot skills. Uh takes a chance with his kicks, uh, kind of really fits that modern game-type player. You know, Caleb Daniel is, you know, an All-Australian uh, defender in recent years and Jaden Schwartz having a, a really good uh, year this year. So, um, yeah, those type of guys, very smart, good ball user, try to set the game up uh, from the half-back line. The footage, uh, the highlights that we saw um, during the draft period, and if you look up on YouTube, he's got very good left foot, uh, very good skills by foot, uh, left footer, and uh, his tackling seems to stand out as well. He's pretty um, sort of low center of gravity, wraps people up, and uh, and gets hold of people, and, and good good at picking the ball up off the ground, and then uh, getting it onto that left foot as well. So, uh, I guess a bit of pace, a bit of skills, and seems pretty smart decision making um, in I guess the small snippets and the highlights packages that we've seen so far. Yeah, yeah, that's right, and he's had he's been in pretty good form. We've just seen him obviously uh, get highlighted and picked up uh, today. So uh, in, in the NAB League this year, which is the under-18s competition, he's played four games. He's averaging 28 disposals, uh, 19 kicks and nine handballs, uh, five and a half marks, two tackles, eight rebound 50s and two inside 50s. So playing, you know, as you said, 19, so playing at the same age or just a year older than those guys. Uh playing uh, quite well, getting a lot of the ball from halfback. And he's also played in the VFL side this year for Richmond. He's played the three games there, uh, only getting the uh, the 14 disposals a game, couple of marks and one tackle, couple inside 50s. Obviously playing against against men there, but uh, played against our VFL side in the Dreamtime game uh, uh, at the MCG and played really well, was really standout player there. So that's probably... Something that um probably highlighted him for us, you know, playing well against the uh, us has kind of put him in our lights. And I think uh, uh, head of football Josh Marnie confirmed that in his little chat uh, after the draft. Um, so yeah, I think we, we, we've got a player there, uh, one for the future. He's currently injured. He's uh, hurt, hurt his shoulder, so I think it's just a four or six week thing, nothing over the top. But I think he'll kind of 
going to the VFL and try and maybe create a bit of a partnership there with Alistair Lord, two small pacey running defenders, and maybe we can kind of develop those guys as a duo to come into the side because we've lost that kind of pace and spark with Connor McKenna and Adam Saad leaving the side. So maybe we can groom those guys to take those roles. And in his 2021 NAB League year, I know that might have been potentially a bit COVID interrupted as well, but he played the eight games there for an average of almost 21 disposals, the 10 and a half kicks, 10 handballs. Um, in that year, I'm not sure if it was COVID interruption or possibly had an injury in that year as well. I think they mentioned um, on the broadcast as well. So, But the injury he's got at the moment doesn't seem too big of a deal. And uh, in a month, he'll be, he'll be back and hopefully playing some VFL footy for us. And uh, I guess if nothing at all, even if he doesn't play uh, this year in the AFL side, uh, I guess even just strengthening our VFL list there is um, is going to be an instant positive for us, which is good. Yeah, so Mark, what, what do you what do you think about the taking the type of player that he is, that small defender running? There's lots of talk. We, you're going to take that inside mid. You know, Jai Cully went at pick one to West Coast, and uh, we had the opportunity to pick up that Josh Carmichael. We spoke about him on the, on the last pod there about being a 22 year old player playing really well in the sample against men. Um, picking the picking the young, inexperienced back flanker who's a bit smaller compared to the ready-to-go midfielder. What did you think of that? Yeah, it was a bit. My, I was a bit uh, unsure initially, but uh, upon reflecting on it a bit, I think we spoke yesterday about the fact that if we bring in an inside mid, whose role does he take? You know, we've got an abundance of those type of players. Is he just going to be depth in the VFL for a number of years or are we going to have to try and play him out of position on a half-forward flank or a wing or something like that? At least with this selection we've selected someone specifically for a role that we're probably lacking in a little bit at the moment. It's someone who can be a bit creative off halfback. And while he might not play AFL um, straight away, uh, similar to Elster Lord, we've, we've gone, we've targeted someone for a role for a deficiency on the ground at the moment. So um, having considered that, I, I don't mind this selection at all. And uh, I think it's, a, it's at least a calculated one with a bit of science behind it. What, what did you think? No, no, I, uh, I agree. Initially, I thought, oh, how's he going to go defensively? And I thought at his size, yeah, it's all great to be attacking, you know. We have plenty of attacking players, but defensively you might get exposed a little bit there. But then when I thought about the player comparison, Caleb Daniel doesn't necessarily get exposed as much as you would think he would. Same with Jaden Short. There's other players in the back line and the way Richmond and the Bulldogs structure their defence um, that actually protects those guys and uh, lets them play to their strengths. Um, I guess <laughs> the question for us is, is are we going to be able to put together a game plan, especially defensively, that allows that to uh, to do that? But I guess you could say that with a with all of our players there, Mark, have actually played in a good side, they'd be, uh, they'd be better players. Yeah, I guess we've just got to hope that um, with a bit more experience in games under all these young guys' belts, then hopefully we just continue to progress and, and things take a bit more shape. But that's that's going to be obviously a longer-term uh, thing that's just going to have to be monitored and hopefully progresses. Um, so our next pick was pick 18. And watching the broadcast, I just assumed that we would pass it because I think that's what we've done the previous couple of times. And a lot of other clubs were passing around that area and because the, the needs that they needed were already taken out of the draft. The players had already been selected, but we've, we've picked 18. We picked up uh, a, a young man called Jai Menzi 
So small forward, 19 years old, 180 centimetres, 81 kilos out of uh, South Adelaide, but uh, originally from Tasmania. So played for Tasmanian Devils and North Hobart. Um, so I think, again, fills a role or, you know, identifies a role that we need filling. Uh, and it's a calculated selection for that. Obviously, well publicised that Anthony McDonald said Woody's retired and we're probably lacking a little bit up forward in that small forward kind of role, someone who's a bit creative and got a bit of pace and can apply pressure as well. So um, similar to the previous pick with um, D'Ambrosio, I, I thought that this one targeted a need and, and was a, a smart decision, I guess, given the available players um, going around at the moment. Yeah, that's right. And he, he's got... It's got all those t- things that should allow him to, with with time, become a decent uh, small forward for us. So he's, he's got really good ground level speed. He's actually surprisingly good one on one and above his head in the marking contest. Uh, but the main thing that stands out is just his his desire and ability to scrap at every contest. The real pressure player. Lots of talk. You know, when I play this Richmond forward press attacking lock in thing, he potentially. Is a guy that can play that role, as you mentioned. Tipper's gone out, so there is a there is a big hole for us in the forward line there. Um, and then with Tex Wanganang getting drafted this year, or uh, potentially the Davy Boys coming in, uh, Anthony Mankara, who knows if if he slides? Um, yeah, there there is a definitely potential for a small forward group going forward. I guess we'll talk through his his Sandville stuff this year. So he's played the eight games at Sandville level. He's averaging 11 disposals, so eight kicks and uh, three handballs, three marks, uh, three and a half tackles a game, and 1.9 rebound 50. So he's, uh, I think he's kicked 15 goals for the year, but he started the year in the first two games with 10 goals. I think it was four goals, three, and then six goals, one in his first two games there for, for South Adelaide. So he can hit the scoreboard, and when he does get on the scoreboard, he looks to... Uh, score multiple times, which is really good to see. Yeah, I guess someone with that ability. So Jai's obviously not going to be able to replace the level of talent and um, probably creativity and, and just raw talent, the only way I can describe it, of someone like a tipper. Um, but I think that he's, he's, as you said, got all the tricks and the tools to be able to uh, apply pressure and, and um, create opportunities for goals of his own. So, yeah, I think, think this is a smart decision and um, I don't think there's any injury concern over Jai that I heard of on the broadcast. So hopefully we can see him slot straight in at, at VFL level against Carlton and then um, show what he's got at our VFL level for, for a few weeks and then see whether he can push for a call-up maybe even this year. It's a, it's a role that definitely needs filling and we've obviously had Tex Wanganine come up a few times when we probably didn't think that he was going to be physically ready uh, this year, but just through injuries and, and uh, I guess the need to have someone in that role that we didn't have anyone else that he got opportunities. So you never know, John Menzi potentially might debut in the second half of the year. Yes, yes. And it'll be interesting to see how he goes in the VFL side there, Menzi, considering we've got young Tom Hurd playing in that small forward role as well at VFL level. And if Tex steps back, maybe he's playing on a flank. And then what does Alex Hurd do? Or, you know, a VFL player step up. I think Jake Sutton is an example, kicked the goal. On, uh, or kick the score on the weekend that won us the game. We've got young Sam Conforti down there as well. Uh, so we've got a, a good <laughs> good core of the young small forwards there, just whether or not they can actually take the step up to be gu- good 
AFL small forwards. So be interesting to see with the develop. I think they're both just talking generally, Mark. They're both picks for the future. Obviously, we haven't picked someone to come in straight away and um, assist the side. Um, I think they're both capable of playing this year. I would really probably be excited to see D'Ambrosio play just because I want to see what type of role they're actually going to try and give him, whereas I can kind of see the role that Menzies is going to play. But um, how it's whether or not he's going to be good enough to do that consistently at AFL level. But, yeah, just being to see how D'Ambrosio goes at AFL level, given the pace of the game, his size, the physicality, it'd be um, interesting to see. Yeah, it's a real shame that he got hurt with that shoulder injury only a week ago because uh, otherwise he would have been in a similar position to Jai and been able to step straight into the VFL and start staking a claim. But, um, yeah, I, as you said, it's not probably not that far away anyway. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we can watch him force his way into the side by the end of the year. Yeah, so just, just to, so people are aware, the reason why we had these picks are Anthony McDonald's retired and... Um, Nick Cox has been placed on the inactive list. So we won't see Nick Cox again for the rest of the year. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's, that's, that's unfortunate for him. But hopefully uh, they will give him enough time to, for it to heal. Don't rush him back. Comes back ready for round one next year. And then potentially he's uh, playing, a, playing a different role because, he's you know, is he a wingman? I think he's probably a key position player. So maybe they can trying to focus. He's obviously put a lot of weight and size on over the summer. Uh, so hopefully um, they can use that to potentially form a partnership with uh, Zach Reed down back. And then you think maybe Cox and Reed, centre-half, back, full-back, Alistair Lord, D'Ambrosio is a decent run. All of a sudden, that, that back line's really... That dynamic's changed a lot. And it's, it's young, it's fresh. It's uh, hopefully... Uh, going to be something that brings us a bit of success. Yeah, by the end of this year as well, depending on how we finish off the year, um, we currently sit in a pretty strong position to take a, a very early pick in the national draft as well. We haven't, uh, similar to last year, we haven't traded away our first pick. So uh, if it was done tomorrow, we'd obviously have pick three, similar to what we had tonight. Um, and I think we have our second round pick as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. I can't remember whether we traded that. We've got that. So um, the club's already sort of, made that statement in some recent interviews in the media and um, Paul Brush's video that he released that we touched on yesterday as well. So uh, they know that they've got a strong hand again in the draft and I guess they'll look to add young talent again, um, similar to what we did last year. So, Yeah, and, that, and that's a really important point to mention, Mark. We've got both both the Davy boys, uh, Alwyn J- Davy Jr. and Jaden Davy, both father-son eligible uh, we got Anthony Mankara is a NGA uh, graduate. He's potentially draftable. Uh, and then we've got our, our own hopeful first pick. So I don't think we'll have to match any bids uh, at pick three. <laughs> Hopefully it's a, it's a bit later for us so we get a few more wins. Uh, but, yeah, potentially um, Alwyn Davy Jr. and Mankara might be that first round, early second there. And then Alwyn Davy having – sorry, Jaden having suffered the knee injury might slip a bit, but um, yeah, certainly uh, would be exciting to inject some young talent into the side. Yeah, and I dare say we may potentially uh, look to to split that pick or do something with that if, if we're really keen on main power and if we think that um, Jaden's played well enough during his his uh, 
last uh, underage year this year to, to warrant a, a first round selection or something from another club but a bid comes um, so who knows what we might do there I guess um, maybe to finish up on do, do you want to see we've kind of covered the mid, mid-season draft just now but moving on and thinking ahead towards the end of the year there's obviously been potentially a, a bit of a lack of experience we've lost a lot of experience in the last few years with players like Zarakis and Kale Hooker going out of the side and now um, Tipper as well and uh, I guess, you know, players that also left uh, like Fantasia and that, that that had good leadership abilities, I think, internally. So do you want to see us look to trade and get someone in uh, who's an established player at another club just to add a bit of stability somewhere? Or, or do you think we just continue just blooding young players, getting games into young players and, you know, kind of riding it out for a couple of years? It might be a bit of pain for a couple of years, but then by the time they get to that sort of, you know, 70-plus games, we, we uh, aren't as reliant on, on older statesmen anymore. I am not opposed to bringing someone senior in. It, it wouldn't be a, a trade. It would be a free agent acquisition I would look at. Um, I think with their, like you said, with the NGA and father-son options, we want to keep as many picks as we can to match those bids if they do come. Uh, what I probably, Mark, might suggest is maybe a deal where we kind of bring in a senior player that's got maybe one or two years left. It's highly respected and maybe the deal is as a five-year deal, two years to play, three to coach. So I think if you're going to do that, you've got to really pick the eyes out of the people who have been in an elite system or well-regarded in the in the football community. Um, kind of like that, your Luke Hodge, your Sam Mitchell, Jordan Lewis type of thing that, that – Hawthorne kind of strategized. Um, so could, could it be a guy like Callum Ward at GWS? What about a guy like Josh Kennedy at Sydney? Uh, Travis Boak at Port Adelaide? Right. You know, those types of players where you could arguably look to extend their career by a year or two that they wouldn't get at the clubs they're already at and also then entice them with a coaching thing. Because I think a bit, of, a bit of young blood that's currently out of the game in the coaching panel uh, might not be the worst idea. And Paul Brasher and Xavier Campbell have come out and said, we're looking to, you know, bolster the stocks of the coaching department. How do we, you know, do these things? And that's something that we can do. Lots of clubs have kind of picked guys up in these roles as players, but really they've been hired as on-field coaches as opposed to their playing ability. So that could be something that we look to do, help these guys transition out of football in a career Post football as a player, and we get the benefit coming the other way. Yeah, well said. I, I think it's a good idea, and hopefully, something that the club looks into. Okay, I think that does us for episode fifty-seven and the mid-season draft. Uh, anything to add, Brendan? No, just um, everyone enjoy your uh, enjoy your bye weekend. Uh, ha- have a nice time with the family. Get away, get some sun, and then hopefully we'll uh, get excited for the. Um, the big 150-year game against the Blues and the, and the gala dinner, which I hear is uh, going to be a great night out. So if you can uh, get along, uh, do so. Yeah, and I think um, we may have a week off with the buy ourselves for the pod or we may, have, may do a little uh, preview show next week. I guess we'll keep everyone posted via social media, but uh, we'll see what happens there. But either way, go the Dons. Go Bombers. Whoosh.